Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Episode 55. Well, anyways, that won't matter, no, in the post-apocalyptic world after the unknown war takes place. And the glowing man. Yes, named Geiger. <laughs> He's really good at counting. He's an accountant. It. What? Wait. You just made that. You made that up. <laughs> I was like, shit, did I miss that part? <laughs> it was written, uh, shit, Jeff Johns. Yep. Out on Image. Mm-hmm. One of... Uh, well, I'm not even going to say that. I thought it was one of his first creator-owned books, but no. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I know he was DC for a while. Right, right. He was... He's, I guess, technically still big in DC. I haven't been really, yeah, keeping up, but... Uh, I mean, Jeff Johns was running, like... I guess, quote-unquote, running DC for a while. Right. But who knows what's going on. But uh, I think we've talked about Jeff Johns before, right? Like, in reference to, yeah, like, say, Green Lantern yeah, and shit. we have. But I don't think we've actually covered any no. Johns. Well, most of it, outside of this, isn't really formatted. His books aren't formatted for our, our That's true. thingy. He does giant, epic runs. Yeah. Like Green Lantern. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And, and Aquaman, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, he's a fantastic writer, and, well... His... His Teen Titans was trash. Yeah. I read it based... Because I rarely read books based on writer. Mm-hmm. My preference is typically character. Okay. The caveat to that is Brian Wood, because I really enjoyed Northlander, and I really enjoyed DMZ. Mm-hmm. Switch those. DMZ, for me, came first. But I got Northlander because of D, uh, Brian Wood's writing on DMZ. Gotcha. Also Vikings. So, I did that with Jeff John. For Teen Titans, and I was like, I want, I want to read some Raven stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It was, it wasn't good. You know what era that was in? Uh, the shitty one, New Fifty Two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was New Fifty Two. Yeah. I, I can't say for certain, but it was wasn't very fun. Gotcha. And I was about to say, I was like, I, I just remembered, I read Jeff Johns' um, uh, Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. That's trash. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought, well, at least I thought it was trash. It was fucking long and boring. So, he's not infallible. No, he's not. But when he is great, he is fucking great. Yes, one of the best. Mm-hmm. That I've read, at least. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but onto this one. It's post-apocalyptic madness. Yeah. The story we've heard a million times. It's your standard post-apocalyptic uh, story based in the U.S. Yeah. It's you got you got roving gangs dressed up in like cosplay. Yeah, pretty basically. much. I I was it was because it takes place in and around Las Vegas, mm-hmm. not entirely within, but in Las Vegas proper, each casino has their own little cosplay. Yep. Like so, we've got medieval people, and then we got people in like Prohibition nineteen twenties stuff. Yeah. It's like, why? And you've got fucking pirates, And too. pirates, yeah. Landlocked pirates. Why <laughs> Why do these people decide to just dress up? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess with the... There's a casino called the Camelot, right? Right. Well, the, So that kind of makes sense. It's on theme right. with the casinos. But still, if I'm in a post-apocalyptic place and I end up being in a casino, mm-hmm. 
I'm not dressing up any special just because. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, society's collapsed. Societal norms are gone. So that's the perfect time for you to be weird and just embrace yourself. Be naked. <laughs> oh, well, you can do that too, yeah. but you probably won't survive very long. <laughs> In well, the nuclear apocalypse. Yeah, why not? Because you get radiated. All these people were secluded in their casinos. Oh, well, fair. So if you're stuck na- inside. Yeah. Yeah. Just be naked. It's more comfortable. Unless well, you're sitting on something yeah, cold. Yeah, it depends on what, what, you know, what you're sitting on, you're lying on. Yeah. It's, it's silly, though. Like, oh. And on top of that, the stereotypical son becomes ruler and he's a mm-hmm. little shit. Yeah, like there's Game of Thrones did it. There's a little shit kid, mm-hmm. and there's other instances that I can't think of. It's a uh, very tropey. Yeah. Like, oh, um, okay, we got the piece of shit kid. Ruling. Like the the creation, uh, how Geiger gets his superpowers is, it the panels look like um, Watchmen when uh, Doctor Manhattan got his powers. Mm. I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. That's what it reminded me of. But uh, the actual situation where I don't know, it's it's like a mix of like Hulk and uh, and uh, Doctor Manhattan situation. It's hilarious to me that unless I misread it because it did jump around slightly as far as origin for Geiger, right? Mm-hmm. He. He survived a nuclear blast solely because he was irradiated prior to fight cancer. Yep. So he just got double nuked. And that's now he has special boron beams in his back to control his his glowiness, his his radi (laughs) radiation rage. Radiation. (laughs) And he just pulls out his boron. Sticks, right? Which makes me think of a Ninja Turtle mm-hmm. a little bit, and then he just fucking glows and whoops everyone's ass, which is cool, right? I was like, hell yeah, this is comic books. This is where this needs to be. But double radiation. I I don't know it's, if I've seen that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not how radiation works. No, I'm pretty sure like no comic book has gotten radiation 100 percent right, right, unless it's like a historical account. Yeah. <laughs> And onto the topic of you know the boron control rods. And there are control rods in in nuclear reactors. Yes. I don't think that's how they actually work. Like you don't just wear it. Yeah. Well, it right? looked like it kind of was embedded in him a little bit. I you couldn't think? exactly tell. Yeah. But yeah, no, <laughs> that's not how this is functioning. Right. <laughs> but you know, whatever. It's cool. That it is cool. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed the book, and I especially enjoyed when the nuke went off after he shoved his family in the bunker mm-hmm. so that they would survive. Wink, wink. <laughs> when the blast hit the human, the, uh, the other people, I forget um, who was there, the people that were trying to take the bunker. Yeah, like the family, neighbors or something. They got disintegrated, and the art looked so incredibly cool to me, the, the shot when they were being disintegrated. Mm-hmm. And it also reminded me of Magic the Gathering's card, Disintegration. Same effect. The the Terminator 2 okay, yeah, arc yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blast thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's some uh, pretty nice imagery yes. going on uh, throughout this book. And 
But it's, wait, I don't know. Story-wise, it's 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 really you know by the numbers. Yep. Loner dude lost his family. Uh, or whoops, I just followed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, it was like oh, and finds a new group of people to glom Be onto. Be his family. Yeah. yeah. His. Well, there's two little kids that escaped. Yeah. Some fucking how. Right. And it's basically, you know, holding on to, to your humanity yes. story thing. Even though you're a glowy Geiger counter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very convenient that his last name is just happens to be Geiger. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he could be an accountant. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we ever got his profession, because it started out with him shoving his family in the bunker. Right. And then he eventually sets up camp and a barricade around the bunker to protect the family. Speaking of which, I, I like, I don't know if it's actually shown, but, like, in my head, it's it's just him guarding that place in, like, a little uh, fold-out, like, chair. Chair. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just chilling outside <laughs> for, like, however many years it right. is. Uh, bu- slowly building a wall of crushed cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Wally. Yeah. yeah. Like this little Wally building a fort. <laughs> it, it, it's like a post apocalyptic version of, you know, um, old man sitting on his lawn. Get me off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't entirely untrue. That's basically what he did. He bu- got armament by just killing everyone and taking their guns that came along. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's where he got all the cars. Probably. Is that, like, how is he crushing? Like, Well, I guess he's Geiger. He can just squish him. Can he? But he can't stretch his... Well, okay, he, I guess he can, like, crush it bit by bit. Yeah. And mold it into shape. Yes. Like he did with the shithead king's son person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He slowly, incredibly slowly, just pushed his hand through the protective radiation layer and just touched his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, in my head, it was incredibly slow. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you can't really see it because it's paper. Mm-hmm. But to me, he, it, like that took a good 30 seconds. He's just being very dickish about it. It's like deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> and his action is is so that it's it's to instill the maximum amount of fear and yes. terror. Yes. And I also don't see how, if he's like exuding that much radiation, how does that kid not have, like, a brain tumor. Or he maybe prob- he does. He probably does. Yeah. He's got a weird radiation burn on his face. It's true. Maybe that's why he's a dick. No, because no, he was a dick before. before. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I mean, come on. It's just like anybody who locks their mom in a fucking basement. Right. Like that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Luckily, he doesn't stay in, in leadership long. No. No. <laughs> I mean, it's the the general story. Like, so you got Geiger, you got these little kids living in Camelot, and then a nuclear football. <laughs> what, why is it called a fucking football? I don't football? know why it's called a football. I don't know. <laughs> no clue. I was hoping to see it. They never showed it. They just showed right? the bag. I was kind of hoping it'd just be a football with a lot of buttons right. on there. <laughs> <laughs> like a football phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how you dial in the code. Yeah. 666. <laughs> but yeah, it is a nuclear football, kids with it, and the nuclear football has 
all the uh, remaining nukes left in North America. Yeah, the location of the remaining nukes. Right. Which... Well, and their whole thing was escape from Camelot, or Las Vegas, which has these different hotels under different gangs' leaderships. Mm. And their goal, according to their mom, who got caught, was to get from there to... NORAD. NORAD, which was like Denver-ish. Yeah. At somewhere over there. So that's the last remaining bastion of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And then they run into Geiger because they crashed and had to fight huge-ass... Bug ants and scorpion and stuff. Right. They keep calling these things uh, night crawlers, mm-hmm. and until they showed uh, what they were, I literally thought they were just giant earthworms. <laughs> <laughs> just very slowly coming at you, but it'll flop back and forth right? fast. Right. And because it's the desert, they're all a little dried out. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine a completely dried out one that huge just laying? Yo, like, I mean, I know there are giant fucking earthworms out there. Like, have you seen those pictures of those things? No. They're, they're, are they like tremors? The, um, from the movie Tremors? <laughs> they're not that big. Oh, okay. But they are like, I'm pretty sure they're at least like thumb size oh, around. Okay. And like arm. Okay, that's pretty big. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. But apparently, like, I don't know. Because every weird thing lives in Australia. I'm going to just quit saying yep. they live in Australia. Yep. That's... <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, like, I, I distinctly remember going to, like, I don't know, some sort of science museum or something. And they had big worms? Yeah. And they had, they even had like, a little terrarium thing for them, I think. Ah. I might be making this whole thing up in my head. You but just I... wish big worms existed. Yes. I like big worms, I cannot lie. Venomous big worms. <laughs> that shoot lightning out of their butts. <laughs> yeah, they call them big wormies. <laughs> it's actually the, the uh, Mongolian death something. That's death worm. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it shoots lightning out of its butts and spits acid. Nice. Mongolian death worm or something like that. <laughs> that sounds really cool. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie yes. based on that yet. Yes. Which one, well, I guess, Tremors is kind of, if they were basing it off that. Yeah. But I would like to see a movie based on the Mongolian Death World. <laughs> yes. Versus Genghis Khan. Yes. What if Genghis Khan just rides a Mongolian Death Worm? And is that how he did all his shit? Yep. That's how he wooed all the ladies. <laughs> They really liked this worm. Yeah. They, they <laughs> loved it. It wasn't coerced and forced at all. No. Completely consensual. Well, I mean, look at his worm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So back to Jaeger. I don't know what else to talk about. I don't know. Oh, Henry. Is that even his name? The little boy? Yeah. Is it Henry? I don't know I why so. I said Henry. Uh, I distinctly remember him getting news. That he was sick with leukemia, mm-hmm. and his face, the his the art for his face, really conveyed the emotion that you might expect from a little kid receiving the news that he has leukemia. Yeah, I was like, if you go back and look, like he, it's pretty intense the emotion that came through just that one face. Yeah, it's like, oh damn, all right then. Not to that point, I think like overall the art. Um... Especially, like, 
facial stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very effective, done effectively oh, yeah. throughout the book. Well, and Geiger, when Geiger is glowing, just looks so fucking cool. Right? <laughs> it's so awesome. It's basically what you want out of a nuclear uh, irradiated man. Yes. Yes. Because, like, all he, if I remember correctly, all it is is it's him glowing in a cloak. Right? Well, yeah, but it's not just glowing. It's yeah. kind of, it can be a little wispy around right, the right. edges and stuff. And you can see uh, the outline of his, like, skeletal features yep. and stuff. Yep, really neat. Um, One thing I, I, I guess I now just remember, he does wear, like, actual clothing and armor and shit. What happens to that shit when he gets all glowy? And why doesn't the, his hmm. clothes burn off? Maybe they do. And he just has an infinite supply <laughs> in his boron backpack. There you go. <laughs> boron backpack. It's like, it's like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> boron the Explorer. <laughs> what's the, what's Dora's... Um, it's not Let's Go Have an Adventure. <laughs> That's... <laughs> let's, let's go have an adventure. I don't know. All I remember is backpack, backpack. That's all I remember. Ball on backpack. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestling chant. <laughs> Ball on backpack. <laughs> Man, so so imagine like a backpack filled with boron. I'm assuming boron is like a heavy element because it's. Nuclear related. I, I have no, no clue. <laughs> but I imagine it's, it's like a, just a sack full of boron. <laughs> Swing that shit around, do some damage. Yeah. Like. Unless boron is actually like really light. light. It's like lighter than nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no way. Yeah. Boron's heavy. <laughs> it looks heavy. It's a fucking heavy metal, man. Yep. Um, speaking of heavy metal. We uh, listened to Noick, uh, the Water Sprite. I believe it came out on Prophecy years ago. Yes. And not very metal. It's more, it leans heavy into like 70s Prague area. And mixed with folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's like a slight hint of doom in there. A bit. Yeah. Yeah. I know that when it first started... I guess you could call it an intro to the track. It's mm-hmm. not a separate track. Reminded me very much of this band Fire and Ice or Fire Plus Ice. Okay. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's literally the word fire has a plus symbol and then ice. Huh. So Fire Plus Ice. Fire Tea Ice. Fire Fire Tea Ice. <laughs> uh, which is very much like a neo-folk. Okay. So this album started as like, oh, neo-folk. And it kind of set the, the tone so much so that it made me go in and read some lyrics. Yeah. Because in in listening to it in its entirety, it felt very fantasy to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was telling a fantasy story. So that's why I read. And then also it's called a water sprite. Right. I was like, well, let's dig a little bit more into it. Ultimately, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's something a little atypical from anything I really usually listen to. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Yeah, it's um, it's very, it's a very calm album. There's not like, I don't know the the, it's it's not like super energetic at 
any point in time. There's, there's moments. Yeah, there's moments. There. But overall, it's I find it to be a very calming album to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got one of my favorite riffs ever. <laughs> Which it's off the on the song of uh, uh, the fiery flower. Uh huh. And it's that main verse riff. Yeah, where like if she dies or yeah. how does it go? Um, if you if you break her, her your yes. life must end. Yes, that's yeah. that's very catchy, and I really enjoyed that part. Mm-hmm. But the riff accompanying that is what you're talking about. Um. Well, that part. Yeah. Well, overall, the whole song. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But the uh, the specific riff I'm talking about is uh, kind of, that kind of start stoppy. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Here, here we are yeah. again. Yeah, Stubby Stoppy. <laughs> the Stubby Stoppy. Uh, right after the long intro. Mm-hmm. I fucking... There's just something really weird and, like, off-kiltered about that riff that... And the way it's constructed is, like, it's it's all fragmented at the, at the start of it. And then when you get to the end of the riff, it comes together. You know what I mean? And I fucking... It's like... Um, it's... When I first heard the the song... It, it's it wasn't like anything I've ever heard of, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that you could write riffs like that. And yeah, it's just a fucking. Well, there's just I don't know. There's something very magical about that riff for me. Yeah. Well, the whole album really. There's segments where I get kind of lost in it. Mm-hmm. So there, I can't really pinpoint stuff. I just know music's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad. But also, I noticed with this album, the vocal style is one in which you happen to like a lot of shit similar. Oh, yeah? Like, I don't know how to describe it. I've heard this vocal style before, and it's always from you. <laughs> <laughs> like, the suggestions or something you're talking about or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of kind of croony, baritone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you like it. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but it has to be based on just Years of conversations. I, I really <laughs> do like that style of vocals for clean vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It uh, that's I was like, mm. and I don't even know if it's true because I didn't go back and listen. But for some reason, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum popped in my head or something. Yeah. Is the vocals at all like that, or why is that in my head? Uh, there's elements of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the 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 main vocalist, he does get into like you know crooning baritone. Okay. I, like, I didn't go back and listen, and it's been, I don't know how long since I've listened, but, mm-hmm. like, that popped in my head. That, and then a bit of Ventresorg. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think you might be thinking of that song, uh, Cockroach. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we mentioned Cockroach? Oh, that's a such great song. We're here. Let's do it. <laughs> How, how's it go? It is like, ah. Uh... I don't remember, but I, I remember him uh, making hissing sounds like he's spraying cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole song is uh, about like how he hates cockroaches. And it's like, you guys eat, eat trash for a living. I, you're, you're nothing compared to me. <laughs> it's absurd and it's, it's fucking fun. I, I will say, though, I think that Fiery Flower or whatever was probably my favorite track. Yeah. Mainly be also because that that chorus sticks out. Mm-hmm. My least favorite track is made on dumb correlations that aren't true. For whatever reason, 
the term Moonface really sounds racist to me. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and I don't know why. I have no idea what that even means. Me either, no. It's just in my head. I was like, that's racist. It's not. <laughs> World, it's not. That's just my head. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I mean, what pops in my head is, you know that old black and white movie with yes. the moon? Yeah, yes. that's what pops in my head. <laughs> with that rocking in its eye? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why Moonface is dead. Ah, fair. Somebody uh, landed a rock in his eye. <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> that, was, that was a hate crime. Against um, Moon and Nights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that when I read it. Probably just because the word face. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have no justification. It just popped in my head, and now we're talking about it. <laughs> like, it, it popped in my head as I saw the title. Right. But, yeah. Well, maybe it's not racist, because maybe if Moonface is racist, Moonface is dead. Racist, it's gone. Let's erase that, right? Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, let's erase racism. Yeah. I'm on board with that message. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, shit. Now, <laughs> I have no idea. I was trying to figure out if there, if this was a concept album in its entirety, and I, at reading through it, it felt very fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was a Dead Can Dance cover. Yep. And I was trying to figure out how that fit in. I don't really think it does. I don't. I mean, I've read the lyrics years ago, and. Felt like just kind of you know fairly generic yep. fantasy stuff yep. that don't necessarily have to do with each other. Okay, but I do know um, later on uh, which what was that minstrel's song? I think is the name of the album. Uh, that whole album is based off of uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, with uh, they got this song. Uh, Durin song, which is all about Durin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might like that album. Probably. It's, I'm uh, a big Lord of the Rings fan. It's uh, it leans heavier into um, kind of a doomy metal sound. Okay, cool. Um, the only thing I would say is uh, toward the latter part of the album, it does tend to drag. Yeah, I can uh, deal with that. Yeah, but uh, I uh, I think like most of their albums like. You would at least like half of them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Half of each album. Not yeah. half of the albums <laughs> in total. Yeah. Half of each album you'll like. Cool. Yeah. I was really hoping that the minstrel song was about minstrel cycles. <laughs> oh, maybe it's called the minstrel's curse, which would be... <laughs> <laughs> the minstrel's minstrel curse. <laughs> oh, what a dick. Wow. Why would you do with, that? Yeah, just cursing all women to have menstrual cycles. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. Seriously. Now we're. This is how creepy eugenics stuff starts. Let's stop the conversation. <laughs> we're trying to breed out menstrual cycles. Yep. <laughs> stop it. We can't go any farther. <laughs> we can't do it twice in a row. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love this album. And even though um, I go years without listening to it, like 
every time I'd listen to it, it's like, oh yeah, man, I should listen to this fucking more. It was good, and it it really just gave me a folky feeling, mm-hmm. and it wasn't power metal, which yeah. is nice. It's like, oh cool, this is different, and it's not just about fantasy shit. Mm-hmm. It is, but the music evokes yeah the feeling. It's it's very evocative music. Yes, that it's got you know, that they got going on, and I think you mentioned this. It's it's a little outside of your wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and like for me, like not necessarily outside my wheelhouse for what I listen to, but like what I do, right? Musically, oh yeah, it's like completely left yeah. field. <laughs> like I don't even go anywhere near this stuff when I write, but I fucking love it. Yep, good shit. Hell yeah, check it out. Dingus and Dongus. They mock